Hey everybody, this is Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio. Now before we get started, I want to try something a little bit new. I want to share a little bit of news with you guys. The first story I have is from, um, I believe the trailer, I saw the trailer on comicbook.com, but the kind of better, more descriptive write-up is, because you can go find the trailer for it anywhere, um, is actually as far as I saw on Kotaku, although you can also find it on ANN. Um, and that is for a new Netflix um, anime anime film coming out in um, April on April twenty eighth of next year, and that's for a almost kind of like dystopian Tokyo Mirror's Edge thing called Bubble. And the trail is really beautiful, at least. So go check it out. And that's actually being directed by the director for. Um, Attack on Titan, but its score, I believe, is being done by, um, I don't remember what his first name is, but I always remember him as the Salano Drop Guy, so it's being directed by Salano. Uh, the score for that is being done by, um, Salano. And the second story that I'm gonna go with is, uh, one after my own heart, and that is that the people behind Oban Star Racers, which if you don't know what Oban Star Racers is, Oban Star Racers is a 15, the um, is a, is a, um, like, early 2000s, um, French animation, French, I don't know if it's an animation or it's, or a French animation or it's a France-Japan anime co-pro, but it's fairly popular for what it is. And they are um, starting a Kickstarter, I believe, in February for a um, for a Blu-ray with a ton of dub languages on it because it was that was picked up, I believe, by um, four kids for most, if not all, of its run in America. So, if you have any interest in that, that story is over on. ANN as well. And then the last story we have here is the Demon, as many of you probably know, the second season of Demon Slayer premiered with what I I saw as a unfortunately paced episode, um, first episode, where um, it focused on a new Hashira protagonist and it was kind of it had criticism leveled against it for highlighting polygamy, which, <laughs> like, I think that people, and we'll get into this with what we're talking about this episode, but I think that lots of people have a hard time separating artists from the art that they've made, and, like, people who write characters from the characters they've written so like people are made uncomfortable by the polygamy although people are not usually made uncomfortable by just the idea of harem so you know take take everything with a grain of salt i guess but know that the new season of demon slayer was um was um premiered on last sunday and I promise I'll get better at this as time goes on. I just wanted to add, like, a news segment to the front of the Thursday episodes. Um, 
and this is my first attempt, so be kind. But the they just didn't like the idea that the new Hashira, the sound Hashira, I forget his name, I believe it starts with a K, um, has three wives. And I, I was, I was really stunned that no one took offense to the like very sexual harassment scenario that happened in that towards the end of that episode. And I was just like, oh, that's not great. Mm-mm. Nope. It's twenty twenty one, yo. <laughs> um, but on that note, um, let's get into what we're talking about. This episode and that is a little show called jojo's bizarre adventure part six stone ocean
Now, before we get into talking about Stone Ocean proper, I want to give a little bit of my own personal history with JoJo's in general. I have attempted to watch every part of JoJo's. Um, I've attempted to watch part one, two, three, all the way up through five. And the one I've always gravitated towards wanting to watch the most is four. Because four is a weird contained thing. It has very it has very little to do with and this is true of all the parts of JoJo's at all. If they usually use a character that carry over from the previous season to like intro to like lull you into the new set of characters. Um and for part four they straight up use Jotaro Kujo from Stardust Crusaders to get you to the the kind of introduction of stands and the whole nine to get you to part four. Because if you're not aware, the previous parts, part one and two part one and two, did not have stand abilities. They had um I think Ripple Energy was the like vampire killing stuff involving the Pelly. Um, but then they introduced stands in part three, which is Stardust Crusaders. And the like introduction of stands is really where lots of people say that JoJo's went like full jump the shark insane. Because it, it's a, a, it's a fun show. And B, it, it's a more fun show with the addition of like these prog rock for whatever time period the show is taking in, taking place in, um, like almost like magical beings that are motivated by each character's spirit. But there's something about the craziness that, like, I have always felt. I'm not saying that it's not fun for people. That's not fun for people. And I'm sure people will be like, what's wrong with you, Alex? You like crazy shit. I feel like the craziness gets away from me at some point, And I stop enjoying the show. If that makes any sense. And each successive rewatch, attempt at watching part four, I get a little bit further, and then I stop. And I, last time I tried to watch part four was actually... To record this episode. And in my procrastinating of watching part four, part six came out. And the thing that's so much fun and the reason why I'm so drawn to JoJo's is because it's a great idea. It's, it follows this like meandering path of a bloodline through whatever the, whatever, um, Hiriki, I believe the name is Hirohiki Araki wants to write about in that moment. And he's vaguely motivated by, like, Italian sculpture, fashion, like, street fashion and prog rock, which is hilarious to me. Also, he travels all over the world. Um, But that basically means that he's designed a way be able to tell whatever story he wants and 
only spend about an anime-length season on it. And then he moves on to whatever the next story is. So, and I'm I'm not saying this for people who are listening to the show who want to hear my ideas about specifically Stone Ocean. I'm saying this for people who are not familiar with what JoJo's is. And maybe want to be a little bit more familiar because all you see is JoJo's memes and no one explains anything. So the thing, but the thing that's also pretty unique about part six is up until part six, while there are female characters, they're not usually an abundance of female characters or female characters who get involved in the fighting as much. I mean, there's Lisa Lisa, but oftentimes you have, like, JoJo's mom in Stardust Crusaders. And women are spared from the absolute fucking madness of this show. And part of that is kind of really apparent in um, in jo- in JoJo's Part 4. If you look at Part 4, you know, uh, Josuke... And um, his like, and his crew, with the exception of the female character whose name I forget, whose stand is basically super aggressive hair, she's like depicted like a psychopath, and did not really any coming back from that because of the way she's written and the way she's handled because she's a lovesick psychopath, um, who doesn't so much get. Um, defeated as she does, like, whipped into submission (laughs) when she's an enemy. And she doesn't do much for the rest of the show as far as I've seen in part four. So, it's really interesting to me that not only did Araki want to make a version of JoJo that is explicitly in America, which is Bananas, by the way, this is a very weird fucking tangerine, the book, like, variant of America, for a bunch of reasons, I'll get to it in a second. But he also wanted to do it in prison, and in a women's prison. And so he made this character, Jolene Cujo, who can get abbreviated to jo- abbreviated Jojo, like all the previous um, characters, uh, main character, who is, I don't know how old they want Jolene to be. I think she's like, I think she's in her early 20s. She's probably in her early 20s, that track. And they MacGyver her into prison (laughs) because, surprise, surprise, people may have liked Dio and wanted his secrets to get into heaven, and so now she's stuck in prison. And that has two effects on the story. So the thing I like about part four is that it's a locked room mystery, for, for the most part. It's like a lockbox mystery where they're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on in their hometown, and there's something funky going on in that town. And the more you find out, the more you, the more it's like the mystery spirals in weird directions and deeper and deeper. 
part six is like that, except it's A, way more restrictive. B, you can't have a, like, character from the previous show who's super overpowered, who can be added to the mystery box, because it's a prison. So you have, like, the key item is this pendant that grants people stand abilities. And as they and uh, another character, a uh, character, um, I forget the character, like his name is like Pochi or something, who's like a prison priest who was a devotee of Dio before Dio died, who has a stand that they call Pale Snake, which is just a reference, which is like just a like mustache, like finger mustache of a way to avoid being sued by. The agent of what of the band White Snake, um, and he can grant he can take people's stand and he can grant them to other people, basically. So he is making stand users essentially to deal with, to try and get, um, Joe to try and get like, try and eliminate Joe Jolene, but. Jotaro, but he also wanted to get Jotaro's memories because he saw the way into heaven, basically. If there even was such a thing. And so you have this, like, super evil trapped room nightmare that Jolene has to navigate. And then you get characters like, um, like, like FF, who is basically an amoeba puddle who takes over a dead girl and, like, has a stand, but also is a stand kind of thing. And it just, it goes off the rails from there. And I imagine there'll be more than the 12 episodes that they've already released, because that's how Netflix do. But it's a really... It's really fun, and it's really different, because you have... You have ba- you basically a big bucket of female prisoner crazy people. And but you also have the issue of they they are prisoners or they work at a prison or like all kinds of super restrictive things that would not be normal. So you have a scenario in which um Somebody has a stand that allows them to snipe from, like, the other side of, like, the pri- from the male side of the prison. And they have to beat that person. Um, you have a scenario where um, there's somebody who can make things, who can make things zero, gra- have zero gravity. And they have to beat that person. There's a character who's straight up named Weather Forecast, and his stand is also named Weather Forecast, who can cause abnormal weather occurrences. So one of the things he does, I think the last thing he does in the show, spoiler alert for for JoJo's Part 6, you can go watch it on Netflix right now, is he causes... He causes an odd weather phenomenon. Like, when I say that, I mean odd. In which... Like, tornadoes, when they pass over a place, can pick shit up. 
and then drop them wherever, like, the tornado, like, dissipates. So there are reports of, like, you know, a bunch of dead birds being dropped on a town in, like, Michigan or some horse shit. And because the tornado picked them, like, picked them out of the sky and then it stopped. And then all of a sudden, birds are raining from the sky. Except, in this case, it was blue poison dart frogs. <laughs> and when they splat on the ground, they, they release poison venom that, like, turns people into David Cronenberg-esque nightmares who die soon after. And this whole, this whole like, myth, like mystery box of a show. That once again, and this might be a little bit shorter because it is only the first twelve episodes. I'm pretty fucking sure it's gonna be more than that. Um, is this? It's just this continuing puzzle box. And then they have the kinds of things that, like, just tell you that this prison is fucking corrupt. Because, like, if anybody's ever had a child inside of a prison, they will probably tell you, like, that child does not stay in that prison. They are, like, bottle-fed and moved out of the prison. But the other thing is that, like, if, if the prison was corrupt and just didn't tell anybody, that child could grow up in that prison. That's entirely possible. And because JoJo's, he has a weird stand that allows him to use... That makes it so he can only use ghost shit. Like, shit that was from the past. And he lives in, like, a weird ghost room where his friend Weather Forecast sleeps in a baby grand fucking piano. <laughs> With another character who they haven't gotten into yet. Um, like, not sleep with that character, but that character also in that ghost room. And they have another, they have another, uh, like, the first, the first antagonist is just this character who can turn people tiny, stuff them in hollowed out rat, rat bodies, and they have to do her bidding. And it's like, the other thing about specifically JoJo's is there's certain, like a certain ramp up and you have to hit, like, you have to hit crazy enough, at least I've found, I have to hit it, you have to hit crazy enough, fast enough for me to keep focus. And in my scenario, this version of um, JoJo's, th- this season of JoJo's, hit just crazy enough, just fast enough, where it was like, we're in, let's go. Also, they have, like, the whole thing is clearly set up, it's, cle- it's clearly set up to put Jolene in prison, and then get JoJo, uh, and then get the JoJo everyone thinks of when they think of JoJo, which is the one from Stardust Crusaders, there as a trap scenario. And then White Snake, like, 
melt the room and freaking steal JoJo's memory than his stand. And the other thing I've always liked about JoJo's, speaking of White Snake, is Araki has made something that is a nightmare for a for the American entertainment industry. And in that he has made something that is deeply successful, but also deeply controversial and deeply like laden with hilarious amounts of copyright infringement. <laughs> so if you haven't heard, don't follow video game news, you probably don't know that the video game It Takes Two is being sued. The developer team for that game is being sued by the developer Take Two Interactive. And one of the reasons that that's insane is because like no one would ever confuse two. But the reason why it's happening is as a copyright holder of a name, you have to defend it if it's in the same like air as you are, if it's in the same like industry level as you are, because it because if you don't, the other person can defend it in the opposite way. So, give you an idea. Um, the let's say I name something, you know, Carfax, and it's in the audio and it's in the auto industry. And like, I'm I'm not like showing people the previous history. I'm just lifting basic like measurements of a car of whatever model it is. And that's all I'm doing. I'm, I'm not doing anything that Carfax is, is, is doing. I'm doing something that they may not do. But the, the bottom line is Car, Carfax.com has to come after me. Because they don't, I can go after them. And I can take the copyright away from them. Um, you see this with like Rockstar... Rockstar Games apparently does this all the time. And they're motivated to do it even with stuff that's not in their vertical because that that gives them stronger holding for the law. Oftentimes, this is also the reason why um, Nintendo gives as their excuse for being just litigious assholes to which people just trying to make versions of their games that Nintendo isn't really interested in anymore. So, you know, take that. That's why in JoJo's, there are tons of stands. And some of them, they do a pretty good job of hiding it. Like, Stone Free is, <laughs> is the name of a song. And oftentimes, the stands kind of resemble um, the stands and the people. That's the other thing. And the people. Slightly resemble maybe pieces of the original, of like the inspiration of the namesake, so to speak. So in Starter's Crusaders, there is a um, character who just named Abdul. And he is clearly a reference to Paul Abdul. <laughs> um... There is a there. There's a character who is name dropped in 
every single episode of fucking JoJo. In every see in every iteration of JoJo's named Speedwag named Speedwagon. And it's just like and the Speedwagon Foundation is a thing in JoJo's. And it's just it's wild. But then you get hilarious things where like they get they get the spirit of the name, but not the letter of the name. So there's a character, the character with a stand in this, um, in this season, who's named um, Mary Lynn Manson, and it's like like three separate words, and it's just mwah, chef kiss, and it, <laughs> it's just there's a there's a pigeon named Savage Garden that may or may not be a stand. Um, there's all kinds of like all kinds of like hilarious shit they have to do to get it to um get it through like a copyright strike scenario. And it's just and a lot of it is because copyright, especially in America and like Rocky names his stuff after you mostly American or Eastern European who have performed in America prog rock groups or people. Um, the copyright system is just like really, really hardcore about stuff. Like, um, in to give you some more examples, they uh, in part four, the main character. The main character of Diamond and Unbreakable is, I believe, um, Shining Diamond, which is a reference to a Pink Floyd album. Um, my point is that there's a lot of a lot of places with it with this show. There's a lot of reasons that JoJo's took so long to be a thing outside of Japan, and one of the things that I liked better in this version than in um, Netflix's treatment of it than in um, Crunchyroll's treatment of it because Crunchyroll was famously the one that pushed for like listen we can change like they can say whatever the fuck they want but if we subtitle it White Snake we're screwed so we need to subtitle it like Pale Snake and we can be safe in the assumption that no one will come after us and, A, it's nice to watch JoJo, it's really nice to watch JoJo dubbed for once. Um, but B, um, instead of subtitles, but B, the, they came up with pretty convincing names that, well, like I said, get the, don't get the letter of the name of the stand of the character, but get the, um, get the spirit of it. <laughs> so like you can tell Araki just named this stand Marilyn Manson but we can't say that because Marilyn Manson likes money and he'll come find us but it is you still you still get the effect um and I just I had a lot of fun with watching this it was just like, the, the amount of it at one time was just enough where I didn't, where we hit, and also, they covered, like, kind of three short arcs, like, three or four short arcs, 
And it's not like um, when I watch when I watch part four or part five, which are the two parts I've like attempted the most. The arc, like the arc ends, and then it gets a little meandery, and I'm like, I. It loses me. I like the consistent like focus on the point in this one. Like it. it you can be as weird as you want, but like as good as the as the restaurant episode is in part four. Once we get to invisible babies in a pond, it does not. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great for me. Like that's not a great time. Um, also, I'm pleasantly just pleasantly um, devoid so far, at least of. Old man Jojo. <laughs> but on that note, um, I'm going to actually cut it off here because, like I said, it is only a 12-episode show. Um, but if you like this episode, you can subscribe to the podcast and whatever you need to listen to me right now. If you want to hear more, another episode comes out on Sunday because I do these third, both Thursday and Sunday. Thursday is more about property. Like this episode, like property or movie or something or something. Sunday is more metatextual. It's about the industry. It's about fandom. It's about thoughts I have about animation or anime or any of that. So look forward to that on Sunday. And on that note, I've been Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio. And I will talk to you on Sunday. <laughs>